What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Savannah. Roast us, Groat! It's barbecue season! Yes. Roast us, Groats, queen shits, and a level up bro, actually, today. A guy who's trying to do better, so... Ooh, it's different, rare. We've been slacking on this a little bit, so we have a couple of roasted scrotes accumulated. If you still want to do a roasted scrote, please send it to us. We try to accumulate a few before we do a roasted scrote episode, so the more submissions we get, the more roasted scrote episodes we will do. So I'll sign up for the Patreon. I feel like it's easy to just compile them because you have to get into a flow to properly cook these scrotes. Like, you just have to just do a collection of sausages and burgers and pork ribs at once on the barbecue there we go coleslaw potato salad (laughs) actually let's take a step back before we get into the roast what do you have at a british barbecue because i already know it's inferior to american barbecue i just feel it in my spirit you're probably right so if we're talking about a british one it's probably quite beige in that (laughs) beige (laughs) that's how i would describe british food in a nutshell beige very mauve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. But thanks to my Nigerian ancestry, we tend to have lots of protein, uh, jerk chicken, pork, ribs, burgers, that sort of stuff. Like seasoned chicken, coastal potato salad. Like my sister makes a wicked potato salad. I don't know what she puts in it. Maybe it's crack, but whatever it is, it's very addictive. <laughs> it's probably just mayonnaise, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's mustard. I think it's mustard. Oh. There's more than one way to make a fire potato salad, I'll say that. But honestly, mustard is like a very offensive ingredient on its own. But when it's added to things like mac and cheese and potato salad, it takes it from like a three to an 11. I don't know what it is. This episode is probably going to come out before the 4th of July. So happy Independence Day, Americans. Go us. So what happens at an American barbecue then? Like, what do you have? Please don't tell me you have canned, like nasty non-cheddar cheddar cheese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like a traditional food or anything. Sometimes people put it on like on Ritz crackers. So if you want to do like little hors d'oeuvres, working class hors d'oeuvres is Ritz crackers and like squeezy cheese. (laughs) Nothing wrong with it. It's delicious. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with it. But yeah, no, you would have pie, potato salad, coleslaw. Is grits? Do you have grits? I don't even know what grits is. Grits is, uh, yeah. So there's like regional food as well. Grits is generally more of a breakfast and lunch food. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Breakfast, it would be like sweet grits. Lunch would be like savory grits, like shrimp and grits. So yeah, but grits are dope. They're really good. I need to go and visit the South at some point because yeah, the food looks right on my street. Southern American cuisine. I think every place in America has a really good regional cuisine. I'm trying to think if there's any place where the cuisine is truly trash. I mean, maybe some of the flyover states I've never visited, but like most of the the places where there's a lot of population. So, I mean, because remember, America has a high amount of immigrants as well. So any place where there's immigration is going to be fire food. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So (laughs) yeah, all the countries that have spices in their food. Yeah. So they come here. Actually, I take the back. There's a lot of really good European food too. So some parts of the Midwest, if there's a lot of people from Russia or Poland, there's really good Polish food. I don't know. I can't think of any place that has bad food, but y'all let me know. So anyways, I guess this is our 4th of July roast, unofficial 4th of July roast. America, (laughs) happy 4th of July, freedom from the British, because they suck and they have a king and queen and nobody cares about... I keep forgetting that's the reason why you have 4th of July is actually celebrating your liberation from the British people. USA, (laughs) USA, independence from the British. I mean, that's pretty much all of the independence days of all the countries that are somewhere around the equator, right? Like, that's all of us. All of us are celebrating our independence from the British or the Spanish. Okay, so here is our first roast but it's a self-roast from a longtime listener a longtime male listener who's messaged us before so he just wants to roast himself hi fds team i want to give a roast a scrotum myself very strange i know i have gotten a lot better but i would still consider myself a low value male (laughs) we applaud honesty (laughs) well we appreciate the self-awareness there we go it's the first step in improvement 
but I am very confident that I will improve myself and become a better person. Part of what is helping me is following FDS. See, this is what I'm saying. I feel like if men actually listen to what we're saying, we're actually super helpful because we don't sugarcoat things, right? Yes. And ultimately, like, what's weird is that these men will get defensive about FDS, but then they'll admit on, like, other forums that FDS is right. They hate that we're right. They don't want us to say the thing. That's it. Yeah, I don't get it. So I listened to the bonus content about NILFs and man children, and I used to fit those descriptions. So I think I can clear up some of the questions. Of course, I was just one example of a man-child NILF, and I really do not think I represent most NILFs or man-children. I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible, skipping through most of the details. I was in a very irrational mental state. Just stopping, thinking rationally, making a plan, and sticking to it would have solved everything. But in my irrational state, logic would just go out the window. I was everything bad you can imagine with a scrote NILF man-child. I was addicted to video games, fast food, YouTube, porn, etc. Terrible hygiene, and fat. Ew, ew, ew. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's younger than that 40-year-old. Neat. Oh my god. That guy's sad. <laughs> Couldn't hold a job for more than a year. Okay, that's a big question mark to me because I'm like, half of keeping a job is just showing up most of the time. <laughs> but some people struggle to even do that. Like, If you think about it though, showing up to a job takes discipline and commitment that not everybody has. So even just showing up for some people, is a big ask. I know the bar is literally in hell, but yeah. True. Yeah, especially for like entry-level positions, you just got to basically show up for the most part. You just have to just have a pulse and yeah, show up. (laughs) Yeah, just flip burgers, my dude. I mean, I'm not going to say they don't work hard in like the fast food restaurants because I know that they do work them a lot. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do, 100%. Okay. Couldn't hold a job for more than a year and living with my mom. I was avoiding everything in my life by numbing myself with these stupid pleasurable addictions. I would barely sleep and just be staring at a screen all day. So my work performance was terrible and I would quit within six to 12 months. And then it would take months before I got another job because I would waste so much time avoiding my life with stupid addictions. I wonder how old he is in this. I'm guessing this is like right after high school. He seems young. I wouldn't help around the house, but it wasn't because I didn't know how and not because I couldn't do a good job or anything like that. I knew I should too. I never believed I was doing the right thing or anything like that. Because of my own behavior, everyone in my family hated me and would constantly insult me and talk trash about me. Of course, I understood why. I knew it was my fault. I was under no illusion about that. But still, even though it was all my fault, I understood completely that it was all my fault. I was hurt by the hate in the words. And so I decided that what was the point of helping out? Yes, I should help out around the house, but I would still be hated even if I did help out. Yeah, I guess once you get in that useless male like box, <laughs> everyone's just kind of perpetually like, dude, do something of value so we don't like all hate the air you breathe. Literally. Yeah. Until I fixed my problems and started actually working and earning money, no amount of chores or helping around the house would make a difference. So basically, it was out of spite for my family that I didn't help with anything and just wanted to focus on myself. Okay, so throwing him a slight bone, sometimes families are sucky. And what I mean by that is, they're not uh, supportive of your best self and more or less they want to like suck your energy and it may not necessarily benefit you. I mean, here's the thing. If you'd been working or doing something, you could make the argument like, I can't help because I'm busy grinding. I'm busy trying to set up my future. And then your family being like really, really demanding if you have like, let's say you're, you were taking like a really rigorous course of study and you had to work and like study all night. You had to work a job and then you were studying all night and then your family complaining about chores and stuff like that you might be able to say hey look i'm really really busy like you know i need some support i'll try to help out but like you weren't doing anything which just makes everyone kind of hate you right because then it's just like well he's not he's not building himself he's not building towards his future and he's also not like contributing to the family unit so in this case i feel like that's why they're mad but if it, it was a situation where you were actually doing really working hard and betting yourself and it was still like a toxic kind of dynamic then sometimes that just happens when I don't know. I say this as a person who's like, again, grew up working class. Like sometimes they don't see the benefit of focusing on future endeavors <laughs> that don't pay off right away. But I don't know that that was your problem. And, but I only put that out there for some of the women listening for whom that might be the case. So, and yes, I understand that despite all the verbal abuse, they were still providing a free living space for me. There are more crazy details, but what ended up happening was that they got fed up with me. I burned all my bridges and was evicted and I barely avoided being homeless. This is a thing. I just want to just pause here. Like, I'm not sure if people were aware. A couple of weeks ago on Twitter, there was this massive, massive discourse around homeless men. I can't remember how it started. And one of the things that 
people often, I sort of, you know, in the UK, they're called the do-gooders. We're saying is that like homelessness is never anyone's fault. And whilst I agree, there's huge systemic issues that can cause and definitely contribute to homelessness. A lot of the times when I was in the hostel, you would find that especially the male residents, they'd literally burn all their family and friends bridges repeatedly. It wasn't just a case of like, you know, their family wasn't talking to them or for example, like they couldn't see their kids because they'd often come and crying and saying, oh, I can't see my kids. And then you'd find out that they were doing heroin in front of their kids. That's why they can't see them. So he's glossing over that. But I do wonder what happened to burn all his bridges. Like, was it drugs? He must have been really, really bad, though, because especially men generally, men are given a much, much longer rope to fuck up than women. So if it's to the point where your family are literally throwing you out, especially after you've been a waste man, you must have been really, really bad, like really bad. Yeah, I feel like you're leaving information out of here, Scrote. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he admits it at least. Don't be lying to us, we know. <laughs> I mean, like, the bar's in hell, but he seems to have a shred of self-awareness. But yeah, like, if a guy tells you he's burnt all his family bridges, he must have done something really, 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 really bad. Yeah, I'm like, it's either your entire family is horribly toxic or you're horribly toxic, right? With men, it's usually the men. And in my experience, it's usually the guy that's the problem. And you find out very, very quickly that they're the problem. Yeah. I don't know if there's any valuable information about NILFs or man children from this, but this is what happened with me. Here's my opinion on what should be done if you have a NILF or man child in your life. Okay, let's hear it, Scrote. If this is your boyfriend, leave immediately. All right, good advice. It's not worth your time and energy trying to help this man. FDS is 100% correct about this. We know. But if it's your child or close family member, being verbally abusive is counterproductive. You're completely justified in being verbally and emotionally abusive, but it is counterproductive. So again, what did he mean like verbally and emotionally abusive, right? Like, does it mean like people being complaint? You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't support them being like, you're a worthless piece of shit every day. But at the same time, (laughs) if they're like, hey, could you stop being a lazy ass and actually clean the toilet after yourself? You know what I mean? But haven't you noticed as well, like, again, this is what it goes back to. Like, I do feel like his family must have given him a very, very long rope because he talks about cutting them off in the context of relationship, but not if in the context, if they're a family member, when family members can be absolutely a lot more destructive than a boyfriend because they're your family and they know that and they exploit that relationship. Yeah. And it's tough because like, this is just sounds like a failure to launch, meaning like this guy had no plan of how he was going to support himself. And here's once again, we're all kind of sort of a little bit throw guys a bone in the sense of, It's much harder than it was for our parents' generation and those before us to just leave high school with a job. Like you have to put in a lot more effort to get like your first job. You need to go to training. You need to like network. You need to put yourself, you have to invest in yourself to look presentable so that people want to hire you. Like getting your first job, if you've never had a work history or you've had an inconsistent work history like this guy is going to be hard. So you got to do something. I don't know your family, but Maybe if you were trying and failing, they might have would have been more forgiving. But it's like the complete lack of trying that tends to turn people off. Because there's like guys that I don't know, like, there's like comedians, for example, like, they don't make any money at all for like, maybe the first six, seven years of their career. And a lot of them like have family members they freeload off of or they work minimum wage jobs or people that try to do stuff like that. But it's like, you have a dream, you're trying, you're showing up every day. You know what I mean? Even if it doesn't pay off right away, I feel like people respect the effort a little bit more. I mean, your family still might have been pissed at your brokenness. It wouldn't have been this toxic thing where they're just sort of disgusted by you just basically being a coomer consumer. You don't want to be a coomer consumer. Okay, so it doesn't help fix a nil for a man child by yelling at them or insulting them or punishing them. I think if my family had been more positive towards me, my issues would have gotten resolved way sooner. Oh, whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa. Okay, stop the bus. Right. (laughs) Uh, sorry that just triggered me so like you're blaming your family for not getting your life in order but you admit that you were a burden to your family how does that make any sense that makes absolutely no sense and that doesn't convey that you're taking responsibility (laughs) again how many men say that like if you know she was nicer to me i would have got my life together sooner or i wouldn't have watched porn or i wouldn't have cheated or like whatever yeah exactly well you always wonder like I feel like they were too nice up until that point, which is why when they became adult, 
they had no life skills, right? You don't just turn 18 and suddenly know how to persevere, get a job, show up every day. Probably this guy was half-assing it his whole life. And it just hit critical mass when he became an adult because now it's just like, he's just there all the time. He's not even going to school, right? They're just there all the time, eating up all the food, breathing up all the air, like pissing on stuff. So I think what happens is like these type of guys sort of float around doing the absolute bare minimum and spending a lot of their time on leisure activities and not building anything. And the question is, is like, okay, is it like your parents tried to instill those values in you and you never did anything about it? Meaning, did people try with you and you just bucked whatever they were saying? Because that happens too, where like, they try to help you get a job. They tell you that, you know, it's important to study. They try to incentivize you to focus in school. And then these guys just do not take it seriously. And like their parents basically sort of give up. And then once they are of age, it's just sort of like, all right, well, you figure it out because you didn't listen to anything we said. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like this just happened all of a sudden. Like, there's probably some buildup to this. They didn't prepare you at all for the real world and didn't do anything like that. Or they did try and you didn't listen to them, right? Because everyone's like frustrated with you, I'm getting the impression that they did try and you didn't listen until it reached critical mass, right? That's the thing about being, you know, trying to make that transition from being a child into an adult, right? Adults are expected to contribute to only children are allowed to consume without contributing. Even then, like you're supposed to gradually increase their responsibility. So then when they become adults, it's not like such a jarring thing. You can't go from like, oh, I have no responsibilities. No one expects me to do anything, et cetera. Okay. So I think if my family had been more positive towards me, my issues would have gotten resolved way sooner. For example, talking to me without threats of eviction and insults giving me advice, giving me time to try out solutions, following up with me and asking about my progress and plans without trying to force me, threaten me or insult me. Yeah, but you've been a waste man for years though. Yeah, I I would really love to know a timeline of like what happened from... I'd really love to hear that side of the story because again, at the beginning, you know, he understands that he was a waste man, but then he seems confused as to why maybe they were sick of him being a waste man. I don't know. Yeah. And does he have siblings? Because at that point, I'm like, what are your siblings doing? I'm guessing they had jobs. So like, it's probably also comparison, right? Yeah, exactly. So if like your siblings came out of the same household you did, and they managed to get something going for themselves, and you haven't at all, then by comparison, you're going to look bad too. Because your parents are going to look at you like, well, there's no excuse. I raised you all the same. What's the deal? So it's too late to do anything with my family. Those bridges have been burned and are long gone. Again, I'm like, what happened here, man? Like, what's so bad? You can't ever talk to your family again. But my goal is to do everything for my future queen. I want to be the ideal guy that the women of FDS would approve of. I plan on financially providing for my queen and doing all the household stuff too. I want my future wife to literally feel like she's the queen of the house and I am a worker bee. All right, cool. If I pull this off, it would be the greatest comeback of all time. Going from a nilf man child, low value male scrote to a high value man, radical feminist. I'm really grateful to FDS. I would never admit it in public, but I think I am a radical feminist now. Okay. All right, man. I mean, I'm rooting for you. The benefits is none for you to fail, right? We need better men. But I think the first thing is like, you have to work on your discipline and follow through and focus. I mean, the best way to do that is always try to get find a friend group that's someone like that, although they may see you as dead weight. So like try to be humble and get up there or, you know, go on TikTok and like document your journey of being a better dude. Like you'll find people that will support you virtually for sure. And it's also about just developing a stronger sense of accountability. Like throughout life, people are gonna do things that you feel are unjust or, you know, whatever. But it's also about being able to not only put other people's feelings and emotions into context, but also basically still adhering to your own, you know, moral code. So for example, that was quite a long winded way of saying that a scrote excuse is, for example, if she hadn't have done this and I would have done that. And that's something that a lot of scrotes do a lot of the time. So scrotes who cheat will be like, well, you know, if she'd sucked my dick more, I wouldn't have got it outside when it's like, they're two independent issues and that shouldn't influence you to act in a bad way or to not continue to improve yourself, especially in the dating world where there isn't always an immediate payoff to whatever it is that you're doing. That doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. Yeah. Anything that you want in life that has value is going to take some, unless you were born a trust fund baby, it's going to take some kind of discipline and focus and self-work. So that's the unfortunate reality of life. Like nobody really gets a free lunch unless you were born rich already. I guess that part's your parents' fault. Why weren't you born rich? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Why weren't we all born rich? 
No, but you don't want to be that person either. Like the idiot son of like a, of a rich person. Cause you would actually have the same problem and that nobody would really respect you. And they probably dislike you for being this. I mean, you would have the same problem, but you probably wouldn't be homeless per se, unless you're like a drug addict, like and then you might find yourself homeless. But yeah. Okay. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, it wouldn't really matter if your parents are successful. Because we've done a couple of these roasters groats of women who've dated guys whose dad had a successful company and the guys are still just total waste men. And they don't ever really figure it out. They just like, they just barely escape being homeless. Some of them do end up homeless, but some of them barely escape being homeless because their dad bails them out. And that's it. That's not a way to live. Like you have to do that at some point. Anyways. All right. So that was our first roast to scrote. Yeah. Self-awareness. Good luck on your level up, bro. Make a plan, stick to it, work out, all that jazz. Find a queen who will put up with you. Well, no. Better yourself so that a queen will, will be able to tolerate your presence. Okay. Next letter that we have is a queen shit, which I really love queen shit. So send us queen shits, like meaning you've done something really cool in your life. We like to celebrate. This is anonymous. Hello, ladies. My name is H, I'll just say H, and I'm 22 single and live alone in a 900 square foot top floor apartment in St. Louis. Check you out. Pinkies up. For some background, I grew up in poverty. My dad worked three jobs and brought in less than 40K a year for a family of five, and my mom became disabled when I was young. Yeah, man. Poverty is just like, one of the best descriptions about like poverty I ever heard was, I think, in a Dave Chappelle bit where like he talks about how when you're poor, when you're a child, you feel like it's your fault. Like you just sort of inherit the sense of shame. Yeah, of course. So it's really hard to shake that. And I empathize. So I hated living with my family. They lacked boundaries, barely showered and lived like pigs. (laughs) (laughs) My My room was always neat and tidy. And my siblings would come in and literally flip my desk and rip things down from my walls and tear the sheets off my bed just to upset me. Yeah, that's a sibling thing to do. Unfortunately. It is annoying, though, when you live with unclean siblings. That is just one of the worst things. Especially, and it's always the siblings at the messiest that never moves out. That's the annoying thing. You can't even look forward to them moving out because they just stay at home. Yeah. And when I tried locking my room to keep it from happening, my parents took away my door. I was always walking on eggshells. Needless to say, I moved out at 18 right after graduation. Yeah, so the thing with working class values is like, especially with their daughters, there's just like this expectation that you're not allowed like privacy or boundaries or anything. So that is a very toxic cultural thing I've noticed among people I grew up with as well. So you're just not really allowed to have like boundaries. (laughs) Although try to humble you for like ever trying to better yourself because you're a girl. So, oh, you think you're better than everybody, you know? Or act like you're uptight because you don't want to live in like uh, around cockroaches and uh, filthy pigs die and stuff. So you moved out. Moving out at 18 is quite an accomplishment. We hear story after story of every male here who can't do that. So, you know, queen shit, kudos. In my haste, I didn't vet my roommate well enough though. Been there. Uh, the experience was horrible. I cannot see myself living with anyone ever again. It's just not worth it. Worst of all, at 19, my roommate randomly up and abandoned me to go live with her boyfriend and had to take over the lease all on my own. My parents told me to come home and I refused. Luckily, my grandma co-signed it. Otherwise, I would have been forced to vacate. It was the most stressful thing I ever had to do. And crazily enough, I found I could afford it all by my own by moving to full-time from part-time and lessening my course load to 12 credit hours. Okay, so you went to school. So yes, you're going to school and you're working. Okay. Living alone unlocked new heights of freedom, peace, and independence I'd never felt before, and it intoxicated me. I got to choose the paint colors, all the furniture, what the house smelled like, and best of all, I gained a lot of confidence in myself. Enough so that when I only got a 12-cent raise after my review said I did great that year, I had the self-esteem to quit and move on to greener pastures. From that, I went from 0.12 an hour to $18 an hour. And my wage has only gone up since. Rockin'. Yay. See, you know what I'm saying? This juxtapose this against our last discussion, right? This is what I'm saying. Like, if you want to get out, I know so many women that figured it the fuck out, right? And they didn't do it through a man. They didn't do it through like, oh, necessarily like, oh, I have to get a boyfriend, etc. Like, if you really are motivated to better yourself, I mean, you start small, right? She had a roommate, she was making 12 bucks an hour, she was taking a few, some college courses, etc. Like, if there's a will, you'll find a way to get yourself out of that situation. Sometimes with men, it feels like the situation's actually too comfortable. And that's why they're not motivated to like, get the fuck out, like right away. 
right? Every single woman I know that was self-made, especially if they left, like the place they were in was actively toxic. Maybe they had toxic parents and they had a nilf brother who didn't do shit and antagonized them, but they knew they had to do something to get themselves in a better situation where it feels like the nilf guys just get way comfortable. Like they're getting yelled at for not doing anything, but there's no consequences for not doing it. So they just realize like, oh, I can just ignore what those people are saying forever and live my comfortable life playing video games and watching porn. Completely different from like this story and how a lot of other women I've seen. So now four years later, I've job hopped my way into a part-time job making 60K base. Wow. Cha-ching, check it out. With multiple bonuses given throughout the year, and I negotiated to be considered full-time so that I qualify for benefits since my skills feel a niche that the company would be otherwise lacking. Queen. Kick ass. I am grateful my grandma took a chance on me because every moment since then has led to this moment. To me, thriving in my city apartment, living a soft, gentle, safe life while working part-time at a boring, recession-proof job. Stable. Secure. My desperate 18-year-old self could never have dreamed of a better life. Aww. Anyway, I love you, ladies, and I hope everyone who follows FDS a great year and freedom that true independence gives you. There's nothing like it. XOXO. Thank you so much, H. Seriously. Such a nice story. I'm legit, like, tearing up right now because I'm like, man, I remember kind of having, like, a very similar trajectory and just, like... Yeah, same. You don't know how you're going to do it, but you do it, right? Yeah, and you look back and think, oh, wow, I actually did it. And, you know, this, having achieved all that by the time you're 22 is, will give you the confidence to really go after anything and and everything that you want because you've shown resilience, you've shown that you can, you know, get your head down to get yourself out of bad situations. And this is a skill that will serve you well throughout the rest of your life. I 100% promise you. Yeah. Enjoy your soft life. Seriously. Like this is, um, I think very inspirational and I'm just so, yeah, man, I'm trying to think of like, what is like the best way to describe this type of thing? I mean, it, it's queen shade almost doesn't encapsulate it. Right. Cause it just like, it's really like bootstrapping in a way that's very difficult. Yeah. It makes me so sad seeing a lot of the discourse, especially on things like TikTok and to some degree Reddit about, you know, women trying to make it on the end of a man's dick and I'm just like that will never ever give you true freedom and liberation you would actually be much better off actually just investing in yourself and you'll realize actually you can do it on your own and you'll realize that a lot of these you know sugar daddies or slash johns who are out to exploit women you know they're not impressive anymore and you'll see them for what they are yeah because honestly I mean from the stories of women we've now talked to who've gone that route it just accumulates so much trauma. These guys are not good guys, right? Yeah, and it's just like a fast track to nowhere. They would target women like this for the express purpose of like abuse and exploitation, right? Like a woman who's trying, who doesn't have come from much, has a tumultuous family life, wants to do better for herself, but doesn't know how. It's really hard. And then once you're in that like life, if you haven't built these, like it's eventually you have to build these skills that are poster built, like self efficacy, building a skill that's marketable. And if you, keep thinking you can just rely on men forever. Eventually, like you have to pay the piper, like your chickens will come home to roost if you haven't built anything. So round of applause. Tip of my queen hat, tip of my crown. There we go. <laughs> my queen hat. Side note. Okay. I think I sent a video to Savannah of uh, the coronation, not knowing what the heck. <laughs> How did I know you were going to bring up the British royals? <laughs> How did I know? I was going to literally say, don't, Talk about the royals. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Don't talk about the royals. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, the one where you thought they were saying like Camilla's wide back vagina. Was it that one? Yeah. It's not even funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, they <laughs> So they're singing like vagina in like a really uh, thick British accent, and it sounds like vagina to American ears. No, <laughs> 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 yeah, because. They stuck subtitles at the bottom say, I think we can link the video in the show notes, but it's basically a song basically saying Camilla Regina, basically saying Queen Camilla because Regina is Latin for Queen and Rex is Latin for King. But it does sound, but somebody's like stuck some subtitles at the bottom <laughs> that <laughs> insinuated they were singing Camilla's wide back vagina. <laughs> Which is fucked up. Okay. It does sound like that, to be fair, but that's not what they were saying. I'm like, I feel like Americans were like, wait, what? <laughs> At least not in the cathedral anyway. 
<laughs> it was like the thickest British accent I've heard in a while because generally when Brits sing, it sounds the accent disappears. Camilla Regina. Well, Regina. Yeah. I'm like, Roy. <laughs> yeah. Roy, cheerio. I mean, we're not going to bring out the British, you know, singers sing. They sort of have an American accent. We're not going to bust that out of the coronation. Gosh, wants to be the best of British at the coronation. Yeah. It's just like, it was interesting hearing the hard <laughs> oi, right? Because usually it's like, right? <laughs> yeah. Or right. It's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can tell, like, they looked for, like, Britishy guys. And it was almost like a Cockney choir. That's what it's yeah. described as <laughs> a Cockney choir. The hard oi. Oi, oi. <laughs> An absolute rebellion against the English language. <laughs> Okay, another question from a male listener for our Rose's Group. So this is from Matt. Hi, Matt here. I am married to a high-value woman and work hard to be her high-value male. I love listening to the podcast to hear feminist opinions on a range of topics, and I love the caliber of guests you guys have. Gail Dines was a personal favorite. Ours too. Hmm, ours too. This person has a you in their favorite word. So once again, oh, Brit, right, right. My question relates to a previous comment made about men without male friends being a red flag. I personally find it hard to make friends with men as they always end up being scrotes and I refuse to socialize with them. Yeah, I think it can be as hard for men to find high value male friendships as it is for women to find high value men in relationships. Would you please explore that red flag in more detail? Thanks for the free podcast. Had to subscribe to get the bonus pops. Can't get enough for my commute. Keep up the great work. To be fair though, like men are barely friends with each other like the men's definition of friendship is literally going down to spoons once a week that's literally it they don't seem to have as much depth to their friendships as women do i mean this is where your professional network comes in right so your professional network is a series of relationships you cultivate with people who you feel you have an affinity for or you can trust etc i mean they exist for every type of profession right your profession doesn't necessarily mean that like their person is inherently high value. But I do think like when you're youngest, you may not have it. It may be really hard because it takes a while to build like trust and build friendships and find new people. But I think it just comes down to being plugged into your community or your career and finding people that way. So I mean, there's two issues. So it's worse to have a bunch of friends who are horrible, right? I feel like it's not as big of a deal to not have as many friends as long as your friends aren't horrible. I think what makes us concerned is when a guy has a lot of like low value men, male friends, they tend to drag each other down to the lowest common denominator, right? You end up behaving, you know, somewhere around the average of what your friends are like. And if your friends are like cheaters or they're immature or they're drug addicts or they're perverts, especially if you have kids, those are just not the type of men you want around your kids. And a, a high value man tends to recognize that <laughs> because he suddenly gets protective of his wife and his progeny, right? So when a guy doesn't ever mature past that point and he has friends that are very immature, it looks like a red flag to women because you're like, oh, this guy is like, he's still trying to impress like these scrody dudes and he's going to sacrifice me and our kids to the wolves at the first opportunity, right? Defending their behavior. But I feel like if it's just been harder to find friends, because sometimes that just happens, like you move, then I think it's just a matter of like finding people you just generally want to hang out with. And, and, this has been a larger discussion with, I think, millennials in general, and now with Gen Z, is that because people have so much of their community online and not in person anymore, and we've gotten rid of a lot of old institutions like the church, or, or maybe not gotten rid of it, but like the attendance is down. A lot of people find a lot of the old institutions problematic. So it, it can be harder and easier in some ways. It's harder because like before, you're basically friends with people in your community, but a lot of people realize that oh, our communities are toxic, so they want to build new communities, and then they try to find people online. So it's kind of hard because like you basically have to find a way to find a community in your real life that you can then be friends with. And that might only be a few people, right? Especially if you're not trying to be like a shitty scrody dude, because there's plenty of shitty scrody dudes. I think uh, relationship rules apply too with male friendships. Like why would they want to be friends with you if they're a high value male? Like, are you contributing? Because I also feel like with men, I mean, I, I can't speak for being a man, but I feel like because the bar is so low that men who actually try and have like a little bit going for themselves tend to attract a lot more women. And then also by extension, like men kind of either want to compete with them or are interested in learning from them, right? So even if like you just really feel there's not a lot of guys who are living life 
I want to have with my wife and behave in the way that I want to behave. Like maybe you can even do mentorship for like struggling or aspiring high value men. And that could be kind of a friendship. So, but yeah, I think you've nailed it as well. I think for me, especially I echo what you said in that I would prefer for him to have no male friends than scrotty male friends by a long mile because yeah men are not only like shitty towards women they can also be quite shitty towards each other as well so i sort of get it to be honest hopefully that helps okay so last rosa scrote is a little bit longish and this one is from jessica I was asked to write up and submit this Rosa scrote by a close friend and distant relative of mine, essentially a cousin, about her scrote brother. Oh, it must have been bad. Our families were both immigrants, so we were especially close growing up. So some of this is what I personally witnessed and other incidents she told me about. He was an absolute dick to his younger sister. He's five years older than her, by the way. Things he did. When they were both pretty young, he would, when they were at malls or department stores together, take her somewhere and then run off, essentially abandoning her and making her panic. What the fuck? Yeah, this is why males are not often forced to babysit. This is actually a gendered, like, labored thing that actually pisses me off because it was very similar with, like, some of my siblings and some of my cousins, for that matter, is, like, they just absolutely uh, behave immature and irresponsible with, like, the smallest of tasks. And so then, like, no one asks them to do this labor anymore. So, like, if you had another female relative now babysitting your friend or your close friend is now that person's problem right because like the males just decide we're gonna like do shit that's so outrageously dangerous that no one trusts them uh two he'd hit her a lot and when she ran to her usually ineffectual father for help he was usually too busy being glued to his computer to even notice or help a significant amount of the time frankly all the men in that family were shit yeah it's a pattern he was super abusive to the pet gerbils they had oh man one of them he pulled parts of its tail off another he put on the ceiling fan and made it spin the poor creature fell off. It wasn't injured. Fortunately, thank God. This is what happens when men say, you know, none of my family members speak to me. They do shit right. like this <laughs> over a long period of time. This is literally it. Yeah. This is the blueprint for like what, when your family don't speak to you when you turn 18. They were super docile mostly, but I remember one ended up biting him. Good for the gerbil. <laughs> the gerbil fall back. Team gerbil. Gerbil strong. Team gerbil. So... When he was around 12 or 13, he showed her pornography. Honestly, he's an example of how access to the internet and consequently porn has ruined an entire generation of men. He's a pedophile. Gross. Also, when they saw each other in public, like on a bus, he'd ignore her and basically pretend he didn't know her or he'd act super embarrassed of her. How are you embarrassed of a child? Like, what's wrong with your... Like, everybody has siblings or a lot of people have siblings. Okay. He would basically be just super petty and passive aggressive. Once he left a frozen piece of meat in his sister's room, it turns out he did this because she accidentally left the basement cooler lid open. He thought she did that on purpose to make his food items in there melt and ruin them. It was also cooler, everyone's stuff in there. He takes stuff of his sister's that he liked, her Rubik's Cube, for example, and essentially steal it and keep it for himself. So it's like, it's tough because some of these are like in really fucked up and then other things are like sibling shit. And I'm like, ah, me and my siblings stole each other's shit. I'm like, <laughs> when we were kids. Like, not. <laughs> yeah, so... Did you ever do that with your sister? Yeah, one of my sisters used to, used to steal all my shit. It was absolutely infuriating. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's infuriating. You just have to outsteal your sibling. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it's annoying because, like, outstealing is all right if they actually have stuff that you want. But I didn't want any of her shit. That's why she had to take mine. Yeah, fair. He basically pawned off all his useless junk onto her. She had, like, seven or eight phone cases in her room because... He just kept buying more and giving her the useless ones he didn't want. I mean, you should just put in the recycling. To be honest, when black pillars say sex, sex of abortion should be a thing. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> this guy just sounds like an absolute monstrosity of a human being. Like, absolute yeah. monstrosity. Like, oh. Okay, so... He was incredibly mean to his sister. When she was around 10 or 11, he took a Photoshop picture of her and posted on the Wikipedia page for adipose tissue. <laughs> fucked up. Scientific terms fat. What the fuck? I shouldn't have laughed because that's fucked up. With the caption, this is a picture of a person who is fat. An update. It was later removed today afterwards by an automat for being irrelevant. Okay, that's fucked up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's just kind of a shitty brother, right? He'd get super angry if his sister ate his food, but then turn around and eat hers and act like she was being super unreasonable if she got upset. 
See, this is the other thing that makes me see. I'm kind of glad that I at least straddled the generation that there wasn't like ways to mass embarrass your siblings on the internet. Because I do wonder like if things would have been different, like if me and my siblings really got in a fight, if they would have uploaded my picture to a Wikipedia page named Adipose Tattoo. It's fucked, right? It's a really fucked up, like passive, like not even passive aggressive, aggressive, aggressive thing to do your sibling. That's so bad. Okay, so he made a bomb threat. Okay, all right. <laughs> Here's where it gets, uh, well, no, actually there's a lot of um, psychopath tells here, but. Here's where it gets serious, I suppose, in law enforcement to get involved. He made a bomb threat on one of his university's social media platforms. It was independently owned and created by a student and meant for students at that university. His rationale for it was something along the lines of being annoyed by the anonymity of the platform and that he wanted to demonstrate that it was stupid. He ended up getting arrested for it and later going to court. Well, the threat wasn't considered serious. He didn't actually have any bomb materials or plans to actually bomb the university, so he was acquitted. What I found kind of ironic about this is that his paternal grandfather, who's still living in our native country, became super disappointed in him because he was apparently extremely excited when he was born, having a male descendant and all that carrying on the family name, quote, male inheritance, son preference, utter garbage and nonsense. Yeah, see, this is what happens, right? You know, it's so funny. Like, it's not even funny. You bet his grandfather is like back home in his native country, like sending money, being so proud that he was able to get his kid and his grandkid over to America to like live a better life. And this guy's making bomb threats at his university. So I'm sure his, his grandfather is like shedding a single tear by like staring off in the abyss about what a failure. But it's also kind of their fault for putting so much faith in their sons and not any accountability. <laughs> okay. He bragged to his sister about losing his virginity. He was around 21 when she was around 16, roughly. He also kept a mug with a picture of scantily clad women, likely a souvenir from a brothel in his room. You know what this sounds like? Uh, so it sounds like she has an immigrant family where I wonder if there's a language barrier between the parent and the son. Because like, I can tell you that a lot of the worst guys were sometimes the guys who had parents where... Not across the board, but like their parents didn't speak English. So the son got away with murder in English. So some of this just sounds like shit that like his parents probably weren't completely aware what he was up to. So he's just basically doing edgelord shit and not being disciplined because he can basically lie to his parents because they don't understand like the local culture and they don't understand the language. So I don't know. Stop me if I'm wrong on this one, Jessica. Some of the like misbehavior here just sounds like that to me. He had to go to the airport to pick up his sister and another relative after they returned from a trip. He didn't really want to do it. So his mother said she'd pay him $300. That's nice of his mom. Or it might have been $500 to go and do it. She didn't actually pay him afterwards. And he got extremely angry at her and basically threw a tantrum. (laughs) Serves him right. He was really, really germaphobic. He washed his hands several times a day to the point where they were often red and chapped. Okay, now he sounds like he has a mental disorder. Like, not even joking, like OCD, bipolar or something like that, right? He also used a lot of toilet paper to the point that his parents started rationing the amount of toilet paper that he was allowed to use. I think it was one roll per week. What the fuck do men be using toilet paper for? Do they just have like gigantic shits? Yeah, probably. (laughs) For women, we have to use the toilet paper every time we pee as well as poop. Guys generally just shake, right? When they pee and only use toilet paper when they poop. I know this because like a lot of guys will be down to their last roll of toilet paper. Like it's no big thing. Whereas like for women, like it's an emergency, right? You're freaking out. Yeah. He then stole a large tub of toilet paper from the local gas station washroom to use. He just thought, yeah, he has low impulse control. So he sounds like either some kind of compulsive disorder or he's just a dick who's getting away with murder. Yeah. It's not a disorder. He's just an entitled piece of shit. Like this is what it is. The hand washing is what makes me think it could be partially a disorder. He definitely has like, he doesn't have the ability to see that his actions will have consequences, which is very typical of men of a certain age until they're like the platelets in their skull fuse together. So like the bones in their skull start fused together, which happens around 26. But before then, they're just like scroting it up, I suppose. He'd act super repulsed if his sister touched anything of his. Also, his mom sided with him on that, telling her he's very allergic to your messy, dirty hands. She honestly wasn't any dirtier than average kids her age. All this is really like horrible and sad, but I really hope she hasn't internalized any of her brother's behavior. He just sounds like a scrot. 100%. A vile scrot. A pedophilic scrot. Like, every scrot behavior, this guy has it. Once when he was on an international trip, he couldn't find the gate terminal for his next flight. Instead of asking someone at the airport for help, he kept calling his mother to help, (laughs) who had been recently to that airport. She had taken an earlier flight home. She got super pissed at him and even ended up extremely angrily ranting to his sister about him 
Frankly, he had a pretty disturbing relationship with his mother. They'd argue and fight a lot, but when he moved away from university, she apparently missed him a lot to the point of becoming extremely depressed, possibly really severely empty nest syndrome. Also, he apparently told her with some detail about him losing his virginity. WTF? To be honest, I think his mother may have had some narcissistic traits, image obsessed, golden child, which is scapegoat, self-centered and self-absorbed, arrogant, self-aggrandiosity, verbally abusive, violating other boundaries that she passed on to her son. I mean, it's hard from this description to understand the dynamic, but yeah, she sounds like she's a typical pick me mom coddling her scrote son, right? And then like she tries to set boundaries way too late when she realizes it's a problem for her now. Honestly, I would bet you like $500 that if she decided she'd had enough and never spoke to him again. This guy will play the victim. I don't know why she cut me off. Yeah, fair enough. But I don't think she will. Like, she's clearly gotten used to enabling him. Yeah. And it's the path of least resistance for these, like, boy moms to just not challenge their son, even if they're moving mad. Yeah, where's her dad in all of this, too? Oh, no, she said her dad was basically useless, like, checked out. He was glued to his computer, probably watching porn. Actually, I don't know what your daddy was doing. I'm not gonna put that out there, but... (laughs) He was on the computer. Maybe it's gambling. We never know. But he's also like a consumer coomer, probably. So coomer fathers, rice coomer sons, circle of scrote life continues. And the grandfather is back in their home country, sobbing actual tears because of all the sacrifices he made to get his family there to the States. And they're like, we It's come to naught. <laughs> Porn, freedom, hashtag America. Happy fourth. I think when they were younger... And before he did all this creepy stuff, his sister used to idolize him and think he was the coolest person ever in a typical way. Younger siblings look up to their older siblings. But when she was in her late teens, she actually ended up blocking him on everything and basically disowning him to the point where she said she didn't have her brother. Yeah, I don't blame her. Good for her. Happens. Completely understandable, in my opinion. As for her brother, he actually moved across the country to go to graduate school. So he got his shit together. Kinda. So at least we don't have to deal with him anymore. He actually got in a conflict with his roommates there and ended up having to find a different housing situation. Oh my god. He called the police on them for making noise. They were apparently having a loud game of ping pong. In short, he, all in all, he's an extremely petty, passive-aggressive piece of shit. I frankly find it hard to believe his sister is actually related to him because she's a pretty sweet and normal person. I believe it because of like gendered expectations in the household, right? Again, it's so typical of immigrant families to have just completely split standards, rules, expectations, boundaries for their sons versus their daughters, and also when their sons violate their boundaries, not come down hard on them nearly as much as their daughters. So it's not atypical for the daughters to come out like hyper responsible, maybe a little naive, a little bit like anxious because their parents always instill fear in them versus their sons that basically just get to do whatever they want. It's just a gendered thing. It sucks. (laughs) That's not unusual. So your friend to me is like smack typical that like the daughter is really nice responsible and then the sons are just fuck ups they have a fuck up daughter i'm actually rooting for her in some ways because i just feel like yeah that's right defy expectations like don't yeah exactly i'm more surprised when the daughters are fucked up than i am surprised that the sons are fucked up because immigrant families don't let their daughters breathe or do like literally fucking anything whereas like their sons basically run wild and terrorize the neighborhood yeah exactly and across the board right it's so wild how that's just like the global norm, right? Because I don't even know what like country this woman's from. I'm not even talking about a specific type of immigrant family, but like so many cultures because they're so patriarchal and male dominated, like this is just the dynamic that's set up from the beginning. And it doesn't change because they came to the States. Extra trash. Like <laughs> extra trash. I mean, most of them they think they're pretty progressive because yeah, they'll be like, oh, my daughter's getting educated. And like, I mean, the best case scenario is you have a father who at least like sees the value in women's education. You know what I mean? Yeah, because otherwise, like, sis is done out here if they don't, to be honest, because that's her means of escape from the scrotery. I really think that part of the reason women do well in school is not just because, like, a lot of the scientific researchers are talking about both temperament and ability for women to focus compared to boys. But I also think that, like, women are motivated to get the fuck out of Dodge a lot quicker because, like, it's just not, like, most of our families of origin have really crappy expectations for for women <laughs> at some point we figure it out right and at some point we're like yeah i gotta go right because you just realize like in your town your community your culture they're never gonna let you win so it's just the way that it unfortunately is but if you live in the america america the greatest country on earth that god ever created 
<laughs> you at least have a shot to better life, my friend. We at least on paper try to strive for equality and whatever have you. So happy fourth. Hope you enjoyed this roast a scrote. If you want to submit your own roast a scrote, submit it on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Also check out this episode thread if you want to talk about it on the female dating strategy.com and check us out on Twitter at femdestrat and on Instagram. Oh, before we get out of here. So we still want to do listener stories. I hope nobody tuned out after we did the original intro, but we still want to do in listener stories. So send us your pitch for being on the podcast now that you guys have heard a few episodes. So we did the episode with Naomi. We did the episode with Maya and a couple others. I'm sorry, my names are escaping me right now, but people really like them and we like doing them. So if you have a story you want to share, please message us. And if you message me before, please message again so you're in the top of the queues. Yeah, same. Here's the shitty thing about Twitter right now. Because it's just overrun with bots, like stuff just gets buried in my Twitter inbox at this point. So I'm not meaning to not respond to people, but I've been both busy. And also like, I can't find the messages because I have like 50 million people trying to sell me like crypto and whatever else (laughs) through my inbox. So try to message us again on Twitter at row underscore FDS for me. And at Savannah underscore FDS. And we'll get some more listener stories because I think They've been really interesting. And I love to hear from other parts of the world because I feel like they have it hard mode, honestly. Yeah, definitely. As much as we complain over here, I mean, listening to someone like Maya from Somalia just really puts things in perspective and then also motivates me to keep going because I'm like, yeah, if I can like reach someone in Somalia through this podcast and let them know they don't have to like live by the rules that that entire society has set up to make them fail from day one, I feel like I'm doing a good thing. So hearing from you guys is absolutely rewarding. Please send us your pitch to be on the podcast as a listener story. We'd love to have you. Yep, yep, yep. Thanks for listening, queens. Happy fourth. And for all you scrotes out there, Roy, Roy. Die, Matt. Die, Matt. See you next week. <laughs>